All right, good morning. Before we start this morning, let's, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for this worship this morning that we can come into your presence more richly, more intently. Guide our th- thoughts to you, Jesus. Focus our minds on your words and guide our time exploring your words this morning. And now will you remind us of your promises if we pray the prayer that you taught us, the words will be on the screen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Awesome work as always. All right, so I'm guessing many of you, like me, starting to ask some questions as we went through the last year. COVID is taking a lot of things from us, brought a lot of stuff to us. And these last few weeks have really pushed me deeper into some of those questions, right? And really for two reasons. One, as many of you know, I've talked about this before, my father-in-law, Roger Broffard, had a major stroke about eight years ago. Well, about four weeks ago, he had another episode. He was unresponsive, seemed like a replay. Went to the Pella Hospital, then Des Moines. They still don't know exactly what happened, but we're thankful he's back uh, at the cottages. But between that, as well as one other thing uh, that we're going to have uh, happen next week is my son graduating. Joey, if I can have that first slide. See, it's not just my son. I've had about 12, 14 guys. They've ever flowed over the last 18 years. Four I've known since they were born. The rest I've known since first grade. I've got to walk with them. I've had the unique privilege to go through some crazy fun times, some crazy difficult times. First girlfriends, first breakups, talking about their parents, which was really odd for my son, Drew, um, since I was a leader. Um, Their friends, their teachers, exploring and getting their perspectives on faith and the word and what's going on in the world. So it's been a unique Option And a lot of times our, our talks went back to some of those same questions that I'm still wrestling with. And I wonder if many of you are this morning as well. So have you ever wondered, why am I here? What is my purpose in life? And where does God want me to be? See, if I'm honest, I, the last nine months, I've really been wrestling with that as we went through COVID, and I still am. Where does God want me in my next chapter And I wonder if all of us, if you're not wrestling with some of the same things too, is that desire that we have to make our lives count, to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, to look back in our lives and feel that we made a difference, like I've started to as I've had these discussions with those guys, right, as they move to their next chapter. So as I took time to listen and reflect over the last few weeks as I've been preparing, it brought me back, really, to what I think the theme is for Christianity, what our church mission is, sending out servant-hearted disciples with a passion for Jesus into the world, to be a disciple and then go disciple. 
So good morning. For those of you that are joining us this morning, we are in the last uh, sermon here on our, on our whole series on the Trinity, the circle of love. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So today we're going to unpack passionate mission. And some of those tough questions will get kind of addressed as we go through the morning. And so if you're going to, maybe you need a holy nap this morning, but just pay attention for these first couple minutes, right? Because I'm going to do what I normally do, start with the end in mind. So if I can have the next slide, here's where we're going to go and what we're going to unpack these next two slides. We are invited into the greatest relationship we could imagine with the Trinity. Are we taking our seat at the table with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Because the Trinity is not complete without us. Within that relationship, we are called into the greatest commission to become a disciple and also go disciple others. Are we investing in relationships? Do we realize there is no greater love, no greater authority, no greater news, and no greater comfort than the Trinity that has put us on this greatest mission? Are you all in for Jesus? Are you just living life to arrive safely? death. So we're going to unpack those things this morning. If you have your devices or Bibles, if you want to start going to Matthew 28, I think there's some Bibles. Is there Bibles in the back today? I don't think I saw them. We're going to unpack this. It is labeled, for those of us in the church, for those of you at home that may be watching later, it's labeled the Great Commission. And as you heard me said just a few uh, sentences ago, I wonder if it's not the greatest commission So as you're flipping, let's read that this morning here. So I'm going to read through that. Again, Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now what I'd like to do is, I'd like for this, I'm going to read it again, but from the message version, because I think it unpacks some of the words a little better, gives us a little bit more meaning. And you can do that if you want to close your eyes and just vision this, Um, or just sit there and listen, but just listen to some of these different words, and I'll try and pause on it, but that same scripture, scripture passage from the message. Meanwhile, the 11 disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain Jesus has set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshiped him, some, though held back, not sure about worship, about risking themselves totally. Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you, all of us here this morning. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practices of all I have commanded you, and I will be with you as you do this day after day after day right up until the end of the age. People of God, these are the words of God. Thanks be to God. 
So before we go any further, I want to unpack so the Great Commission. So what is commission? I think many of us get what commission is, but co means to go with, right? And in this case, it's with the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And then mission, it's a group sent out to establish relationships, conduct negotiations, to provide assistance. It's an important task. And I remember as Michelle and I, as we started here in 1999, when we came back and we were in youth ministry and started there, we were with Mary Orange and later Bristol Hopkins in third and fourth grade. And it was Faithful Bible Investigators, FBI, right? And we were on Mission Possible. We went through the Old and New Testament, the, the high level of that over those two years. And see, we, God wants all of us, that's what we're called to do is be on this important task to establish relationships to provide assistance to others, to negotiate for their eternity. Now that is an adventure. So let's start unpacking the scripture this morning. Verse 16, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Now I don't know about you, but can you imagine the scene? Right? Many of you know I like to put myself in Scripture as I've, I've done different sermons. I love The Chosen, so just a shameless plug. If you haven't watched that, they're on season two, go do that. It just puts you into Scripture. But as I think about this, as we rewind just maybe a month, month and a half ago, right? you were a disciple in the upper room. Jesus is there. He comes in, becomes vulnerable, takes off his outer garment. You're wondering, what's going on? Then he goes down, and like a servant, he washes your feet. You really don't understand this. And then he takes the, the wine and the bread and breaks it and said, do this in remembrance of me. You're still confused. And then you fall into the cross. Then you deny him, and you turn away because you're scared. How many of us are scared this morning? Whether it's COVID, maybe it's an illness, Maybe it's a job. I don't know where everybody comes in this morning. But I think we have to remember that just a few days later, Easter morning, Jesus rose. The angels came in his resurrection and reminded them to go to Galilee, verse 17. When they saw him on that mountain, they worshiped him, but some doubted. See, they went there, as it was recorded in this, what most scholars believe is the eighth post-resurrection sighting and appearance of Jesus. And some scholars put this right as Paul unpacked it in 1 Corinthians when there was 500, which makes sense why some apostles knew him and worshiped and others doubted. They hadn't seen him before. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know what to expect. But also, I think, because they started to realize and understand what would be required. As the message put it, risking themselves totally. You see, I think it suddenly started to make sense. Jesus' death and resurrection, God had a plan. It wasn't the plan they thought, but they were realizing his heart was for them. See, what is that plan? There is no greater love. Jesus died for us. And as we unpack that the first week with Brian, if you remember Brian Vandaloon was up here, right? We all fall short of the glory of God. We were all guilty in our sin, but God had a plan to bring us back into that circle of love. Jesus paid the price for all of us. He loves us. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. 
You all know that this morning. See, God's love is sacrificial. It's unconditional. It's eternal. And we need to have the joy and the grace to show us through Jesus' death and resurrection. God loves you and wants to feel that emptiness, to heal the brokenness in our lives because of sin. Verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You see, there is no greater authority. God who has given it to Jesus, right? And I think we need to stop the tape. I don't think our, our, our minds totally comprehend this. See, I think that statement that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me is one of the strongest statements Jesus makes about his sovereignty. And we think about his ministry, right? He taught with authority, right? He healed the lame with authority. He forgave sins with authority. Go and sin no more. And he commanded Satan and his demons with authority. God's authority, Jesus' authority is universal. It's unrestricted. It's inexhaustible. And it's hard for our finite minds to comprehend that. We need to stop and see all of who he is. By him, all things were created. He has authority on heaven and earth. Everything is held together by him. Now, I've talked about this before as well. My struggles with authority are no secret, right? So I do not like to be manipulated. I do not like to be controlled. And I do not like duplicity, right? That is why you don't see me in a suit. You very rarely will see me in a suit because that is a reminder of all the people in the world that have let me down. It's perfume on a pig, right? That's my version. That's what I see when I see people in suits. Sorry for people who like to wear them. See, people in this world abuse authority. All we have to do is turn on the TV, pick whatever news station you want, right? I am so sick and tired of all of our politicians right now, all of them, right? Bills that make no sense, spending that is out of control, loose morals. See, we're no better. I'm on the board for Many Hands for Haiti, been there many times, and I'm afraid we're no different than a third world country. We just hide it better. And after living in a Dutch community for 22 years, I have a word for it. It's called a Dutch front, right? But luckily, Jesus' authority is for good. Do you believe that this morning? No matter where you're at on the roller coaster of life, since he has all authority, we can obey him. We can obey him without fear. Trust him, whatever he wants to lead us. Have courage no matter what the circumstances, COVID or not. Jesus is in control. He has conquered death, defeated all enemies. Our futures are secure. Do you know that this morning? You can talk in church. It's okay. So are you all in for Jesus? Thank you. Are you all in for Jesus? Thank you. See, there is no greater news There is no greater news. And we love good news, don't we? Right? I'll give you some examples from my own life. 1997, been planning it for weeks. A nice horse-drawn sleigh ride through a forest, right? To end in a proposal. Unfortunately, 50-degree weather for a week in Minneapolis caused me to have to punt, right? But when Michelle said yes, even though it was not as neat and planned out as I had hoped it to be, that was good news. A few years later, when we found out we were expecting Drew and later Allie, that was great news. 
when something that only God could orchestrate, when I spent seven years studying to become a commissioned pastor, and on the same day, and my kids during that same time decided to do their profession of faith, and on the day I was commissioned, I got to turn and do their profession of faith. That was amazing news, right? And when the Vikings won the Super Bowl, that was... I'm still waiting for that good news. So maybe sometime before I die. But we like good news, don't we? Right? Whether it's a job, whether it's a good grade at school, whether it's a good health report that we were waiting for, we love good news. And God has a good message, and he's entrusted it to us. There is no greater mission. Verses 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, God has a message for the world. He's entrusted it to us. And at first, I think, as I read it, and I don't know about you, we think it's to go. But that's not really it. The message started to unpack it. But if you really look at and translate it well, It says, while you are going, make disciples of all nations. While we are going. And you see, a disciple is a learner, right? It's someone, it's a pupil, it's devoted. They're walking in the path of their rabbi, of someone, a mentor, as we would call it today. Following their moves, learning their words, learning their actions and all that they do. See, disciple is used 260 times in the Bible. Do you know how many times the word Christian is used? Take a guess. A little more than zero. Three. Let's use three. See, I think we get caught up and we think it's about a prayer. We think it's about a conversion or church membership. And all those things are good. But the Bible makes it clear our purpose. Why are we here? Is to become a disciple and then go and disciple. And I think we get it wrong, especially in the Western church, right? I like Dallas Willard. He's a, he's a, theology, a theologian and an author. And he had a term he called, we think we're barcode Christians. And I love that site. I'm a visual person, right? I picture myself with a barcode like I'm at Walmart. And I get scanned in, right? I made a decision for Jesus. Boop. And I'm in. And that's what we think. But scripture makes it very clear. There's in this delicate balance of I was, I was adopted, I was chosen before I was born, and we have choice. Don't know how that works. If anybody tells you they do, they don't. But somehow we have to choose into that. And I was having this discussion with my guys a few weeks ago in our small group, right? They said, well, don't we just need to love God and love others? I said, absolutely, that's, that's the great start. But we also have to choose Jesus. And we have to repent of our sins. See, it's, it's not about, we all have sin tendencies. I don't know what those are for you. Some it's anger, some it's jealousy, some it's sexual sins, whatever those are. But if we're really following Jesus, we repent, which means to turn away. We're walking the other direction. That doesn't mean we're still sinful. We still might fall into those sins, right? There are tendencies, but we're trying to move toward God, right? It's a condition of our heart, Versus what I think a lot of people in us, if we see our culture today, and, and really why many of our churches are separating, right? Why the Lutheran Church, the RCA, all of these are blowing up, is because we have people that say, no, I, I made a decision. I got scanned in. Now God's got to love me no matter what my choice is. I can do whatever. It doesn't matter what the Bible says. That's wrong. Because it's a condition of our heart. 
So I would challenge us. To be a Christian, we have to be a disciple. We have to be learning, and we have to go and disciple others. How do we do that? That's the next part of the verse. But before we explore that, I want to take just like 30 seconds. So we've been talking about Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I want to take 30 seconds. When when you hear those words now, when you read them in Scripture, when you heard them read this morning, what comes to your mind? What word, what phrase, what picture? So think about that real quick, and then I'm going to ask for some people to share. 30 seconds. So who wants to be brave? What, what, what comes to your mind when you hear Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? You can just shout it out. Completion. Completion. Awesome. Yeah, completeness. That's great. Two more. We need a Trinitarian response. <laughs> We're talking about the Trinity, right? Two more. Relationship. Relationship. Yeah. Outstanding. One more brave soul. I will call on people. What was that? Order. Awesome. Order. Absolutely. Right? There's so many great pictures. And if we remember a year ago, maybe some of you watched Tom as he talked about the Trinity and he used the word, the Greek word is perichoresis. And inside that chorus is where we get choreography. There's movement, there's dance. And we try to explain the Trinity. And Tom did a great job a few weeks ago, if you heard that, right? It, as he compared it to a sports team or a drama team doing a musical or a play and also the military, right? There's many things, but it's one thing. There's other examples that I've heard, right? You know, a woman can be a mother, a sister, and a daughter, but it's still one person, right? Or an egg, right? It has the shell, the yolk, and the white. But those all fall short because there's this movement The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. If I can have that next slide, Joey. So I like math. Many of you know I'm an accountant by trade, uh, salesperson by uh, happenstance. Um, But as Kathy talked about, it's about complex simplicity. And I like to equate that to a math formula, right? I like math, but I don't like the new math. When my daughter brought the new math home, and it took a page to get eight times seven because you had to draw it out in pictures, I did not understand that because it's just 56. (laughs) So we made it the simple very complex. So here, I think this is easy. The Trinity is greater than Father plus Son plus Holy Spirit because it includes us, as Tom mentioned last week in his sermon. If I could have the next slide. See, we're in motion. Jesus invites us to be one with each other. And this is the picture we've been using throughout this sermon series to try and illustrate this circle of love. And three and one and one and three. And that red section in the middle is where we're called to join. Because the Trinity is not complete without us. And how do we become part of that? It's very easy. It's how we support one another. It's how we help each other. It allows us to get a sense of the triune God. And we must go from these places of comfort, right? We, we like familiar. We like comfort. We like settling. We like Hallmark movies. There's no growth there in all of those things. See, to be a disciple, we need to display progress, 
Not perfection, right? As Brett mentioned in his sermon. But we've got to make disciples of ourselves and others. And I kept coming back, and why, do I, why does the church today, I, I think we miss out. Why are we not making more disciples? And I wonder if it's not because we have paid ministry. Right? Those are the ones that do the ministry. The rest of us, we get to come to church, put a few dollars in the, now not, not in the plates anymore, in the boxes. And we feel fed when we leave, right? Oh, Pastor Kevin isn't preaching this morning. Eh, I'll just stay at home. <laughs> right? That's not church. That's not being discipled. It's about sharing life. Not just information. See, getting married, becoming a father, those are also dances. Right? I didn't know the risks. I didn't know the challenges. I didn't know the fun. I didn't know the rewards. But I had to get in the dance. I had to get into those relationships to understand the circle of love it became. See, life's a dance. Garth Brooks and John Michael Montgomery had it right in their lyrics. It is. Imagine what the world would be like, what people's lives would be like if no one took the good news to the world. We're seeing that play out in front of us. Unfortunately, see, friends need to share the good news. And I came across this reading. It's an atheist, so an atheist, someone who doesn't believe in God. And this was just so powerful to me when I read this because he said this. He said, those Christians who don't share their faith, he doesn't have a respect for them. So he, he talks about that he had went and studied all the world religions, and he came to this conclusion. And he said this about Christians, even though he's an atheist. He said, those who do not share their faith in Jesus Christ... How much do they hate someone to not tell them about Jesus? I don't know about you, but that struck me. It's an atheist who gets it, but doesn't get it. <laughs> you see, it's easy. I think we make it too complex that we have to have all the right answers. I studied for seven years. I've read the Bible multiple times through. I, I know like this much, right? There's a lot I don't know. My, my, the guys that I've had for 12 years... They stump me all the time, like, that's a great question. <laughs> Let's dive into that. It's about relationships, right? It's about loving someone first. It's about being vulnerable like Jesus reclined at the table, taking off that outer garment. It's about being a servant, going and meeting people not like you, washing their feet, right? Think of that person that you think you're better than, right? The woman at the well. Think of that person that you have conflict with, the person that has the complete opposite political view that you have. We need to go serve and love them, build a relationship, and maybe a year later, maybe five years later, God will give you an opportunity. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. That doesn't have to be perfect, but it's about relationships. It says we must baptize those who profess Jesus as their, as their Savior. And I think many of us here this morning watching online, I think we know that baptism doesn't save. But it's very important. It's a declaration of our faith. It's a testimony of our relationship in the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's a rec uh, recognition of our identity in Christ. That we're part of that circle dance. So we must teach 
We must make disciples to bring light into someone's darkness. And perhaps, like my guys have for me over the last 12 years, bring a little light into my darkness at times as well. You see, there is no greater comfort in that last verse. Jesus will be with us day after day after day until his return. And we see that in his ministry, right? The disciples didn't worry about anything for three years. They didn't worry what they wore, what clothes, what food. It was there. We too don't have to worry. And we don't have to worry that we have all the answers. We don't have to worry how we're wired, right? He didn't choose first round draft picks, right? If you look at the, at the apostles, we had a tax collector. We had Peter who was always screwing up what he said. And we had James and John, sons of thunder. Their name actually is because of their anger, right? That gives me hope. I don't know about you. See, if you want to start to understand the Trinity, stop trying to understand the Trinity and get in the game in your home, in your families, your workplaces, wherever God is calling you to be, wherever you are at each day. Go love and serve your neighbors. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, come up, let's talk afterwards. For those that have found Jesus, be transformed. Live out this love. Friends tell friends about Jesus. So as the worship team, uh, you can start making your way back up here. So as we close this today, if I can have that next couple slides, thank you. So we'll, we'll end where we began. Hopefully you're starting to understand what our purpose is. We are invited into the greatest relationship of all time. Are you taking your seat at the table? Are you spending time in prayer, in quiet time, in God's word, developing your relationship with him? See, the Trinity is not complete without each of us. Within that relationship, we are called into the greatest commission to go to become a disciple and make disciples. Can you invest in one relationship this next week? Do you realize there is no greater love, no greater authority, no greater news, and no greater comfort than the Trinity has put us on in this greatest mission? Are you all in for Jesus? Or just living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death? What are you going to do? Will you go?